Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast where we're having ongoing digital discipleship conversations about when and where the kingdom and the culture collide. Episode 21, Checking Your Balance. Thanks for joining us today. This is getting we're getting ready to wrap up a year and so the whole new year new you thing is going to start where people are going to make goals and they are not going to be committed to them enough and therefore they will not achieve them. And I <laughs> so want to announce to you, <laughs> it's so encouraging, I want to announce to you a new year will not produce a new you, new choices will create a new you. And so, you know, we live in a digital age where you're listening to this on a phone, on an iPad, on a computer as you go. So that's obvious. And a whole bunch of things have uh, found their home in our pocket. Like our phone is our schedule, our phone, our email. We check our bank account. Uh, we check everything, um, emails on our phone. So there's a lot of things that our phone notifies us about. And so this is not an anti-phone message, just so you know, people get nervous. But what I want to talk today about a little bit is about checking your balance and, and finding out where are you? Like, where are you right now? What did God do this year? What are you wanting to achieve next year? Is what you're wanting to achieve next year what God actually wants you to achieve next year? So a little bit about alignment. But I want to say this in the context of the most valuable thing that you have is not a thing. It's your testimony. And so faith plus obedience creates testimony. And when you obey God and you take God at his word, God releases his power to do through you and in you and for you what you cannot do just by yourself. So the testimony is not just talent plus hard work. It may involve that, but it's it's talent plus hard work plus the grace of God, the supernatural favor of God, the power of God, the provision and protection of God. It's not just you, but it's as you partner with him. And so when the religious people were getting ready to crucify Jesus, they didn't want to just kill Jesus. They also wanted to kill Lazarus. And I want to bring that up because the most valuable thing that you possess is your testimony. When the enemy attacks your health or your, your finances or your emotions or your mental game, what he's after is actually your testimony. And so if you're aware of that, you can then be real careful to hold on to it. The psalmist said in, in Psalm 119, I keep your testimonies. My soul keeps your testimonies. In other words, your what you have done and what you have said is a reference point for my mind, will, and emotions. And so instead of hanging on to bitterness, anxiety, depression, unforgiveness, I'm actually holding on to what God has said and what he has done. And so I think this is a really important truth to understand, especially as we kind of analyze our life the last year 
and we want to move forward in our faith, maybe in our finances, maybe in our fitness, maybe just in different areas, we want to grow. And so if you really want to grow, what I found is that you'll decide to be accountable. Hmm. Hey, when you shared about protecting and valuing your testimony, we, we talked about this the other day, how we only protect what we value. Yes. Can you help folks understand how you should value your testimony, why you should value your testimony? Because I think sometimes that's what it is. We might not value that to protect it. Yeah. I think sometimes we don't know the value of something. And so therefore we don't protect it because we don't understand the value. So the value of your testimony is what Jesus was willing to pay for you while you were yet a sinner. So while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God would rather give his life than live without you. So the listener, you, myself, we are so valuable that God was willing to give his life to have us. God is like, I can't live without you. Like, I'm, I love you, I care for you, and I know what is best for you is in the context of you submitting and surrendering your life to me and allowing me to be your Lord, which means I'm your leader, and I'm the one who defines the agenda, sets the direction, sets the pace, and gives the directives. So I think that sometimes we're waiting for God to do something, and God is waiting for us to do what he's already told us to do. So if you want to talk about your testimony in, 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 a, in a few simple ways, like you have to hold on to and possess your vessel for honor. So you can't be mm -hmm. having sex outside of marriage. You can't be having sex with everybody. You can't be looking at nasty stuff on the internet. Your sexuality is something that if you don't have a hold of that, you will ruin your testimony. That, that's just the bottom line. Another one is your feelings. Feelings will either enhance your life or enslave you. So you'll either do what you feel like doing or what God said to do. So that's another thing that, that if you just live in feelings, you will not protect your testimony because your feelings doesn't care about your testimony. Um, your feelings cares about your feelings, which, which are fine because God gave us feelings as long as they're in their proper place. Yeah, they're more like indicators, not what rules you. Yeah, they're like notifications. And, yeah. and sometimes you need to really receive the notification, and other times you need to swipe up and actually continue on the conversation and put your phone down and, came, you know, and, and finish what you came to do and handle your business. So that, that's, that's one thing. Um, finances. If, if you don't have self-control over your feelings, you will not have self-control over your finances. Because uh, finances are, no matter what, they are an expression of the heart. So when someone asks you, how much are you worth? Or how much do you make? They're asking a question, how much value do you have? Mm. But most people don't have the courage to, to say that. Yeah. Even, even when someone's like, what do you do for a living? It's not a bad question, but often it's not the real question that people want to ask. Yeah. So... I think that when we're talking about our sexuality, when we're talking about our finances, when we're talking about our responses, our reactions, mm. these are all ways in which we protect our testimony. Yeah. Another thing um, when we talk about 
take into account the past year, check your, checking your balance. Um, I think an important lesson I'm learning is learning, being real and honest with your dependence on the Lord. You know, Andy, I was sharing how I had like a really bad neck strain and I wasn't mobile all Saturday. So I, that whole day was inconvenient because I was dependent on Tina, my wife. Yep. She had to tie my shoes. She had to put my hoodie on. She had to drive. Wow. And then I was saying, oh, I hate being dependent. Like, I like my independence, like doing this. And then God said, no, you didn't become dependent all of a sudden. He said, I'm revealing your dependence you always had. So I think, you know, when you even look at your life, look at what's been done in your life this past year, all the favor, all, all the all the good things. It's like, was that you or was that dependence on the Lord? And I think we got to really take that into measure. Yeah. We can never do the equation without grace. Anytime, you know, the enemy tries through pride or fear to get us to do the math without grace, it just won't add up. Yeah. And but, so but we fudge the numbers to make it look like it. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 grace. Um God is so merciful and, and so generous to us. And many times God is working behind the scenes in our life and we don't even see it. Yeah. Like God is working just in your life. Like you have a great wife who is willing to help you. You know, there's some people that they don't have nobody and they're stuck because they're sick. So even in, in you having to be dependent, it's like, man, it's a blessing to be able to depend on someone who's actually dependable. Some people, you know, that that's how a lot of lives are shattered. They depend on people and trust people who are not trustworthy. Hmm. And then, you know, it really damages them. And then sometimes they're mad at God, but God never told people to trust people that are not trustworthy. In fact, we see the opposite, that Jesus did not entrust himself to certain people because he knew what was in them. Yeah. It's John chapter two, I believe, hmm. or the end of one, somewhere in there. And the first, uh, we say he did not entrust himself because he knew what was in them. And um, yeah, like, he ministered and loved everyone, but he didn't have to trust everybody. And even in the context of him preaching the gospel and healing the sick, he did not tell everyone to follow him. Like, literally. Like, yeah, he's saying follow, like, yes, follow his teaching, obey him, for sure. But he did not invite everyone to join the party. And that's a fact. Mm, yeah. You know, that's a historical fact. It's, it's, not, it's not even con contested. It's just like, that, that's what it is. And so, um, you know, as we like, look, we're, we're getting ready to wrap up a year. And, you know, one of the things that I like to do is I like to hear God, like, God, what is it that you want for the next year? But I don't start asking all that until I take some, some time to reflect on the things that God has done. And for me, like this year has been like really, really supernatural in a lot of different ways. And so I'm, I'm approaching that with gratitude, which opens your eyes to see what you can't see without gratitude. Because where there's faith, there's vision. And where there's thankfulness, there's vision. And where there's gratitude, there's thankfulness. You know, thankfulness and gratitude are together are the same. But that, that helps you to see what not only what God has done, but what he wants to do. Hmm. So that thankfulness, that posture kind of paves the entrance into having faith for the future. For sure. They're connected. 
So yeah. it's like the past connects to the future. Yes. And the bridge is thankfulness. Yeah. In fact, the desired future is through thankfulness. Mm. Like Jesus looks up to heaven, thanks God, blesses the bread and the fish, passes it out. And as they obey him, it multiplies. Yeah. So the testimony comes forth from thankfulness and from obedience. So even if you had a great year with a lot of favor, if you're not addressing that with thankfulness, that could rob you of your future. For sure. Doesn't mean it's going to continue. And even if you had a rough year, you also need to be thankful because the Bible says, be thankful, not for everything, in everything. Yeah. In everything, give thanks, not because of everything, but who's with me through everything. Mm. Contentment is not rooted in what I have. It's rooted in who's with me. Yeah. Who I'm with, mm-hmm. what team I'm on, right? Yeah. And and Paul said, I learned to abase and I learned to abound. Mm-hmm. So so if thankfulness was only based on what you have, then you could only be thankful when you're abounding. Yeah. But he learned to be thankful um, and to be content in even being abased. Yeah. Because contentment is not rooted in what I have or what I've done. It's rooted in who God is and the fact that he's with me through whatever I have to go through. You know, and the thing is that in this life, people go through stuff. But, you know, we as Christians, as believers, we don't go through it alone. So even when we mourn, we're, we, we don't mourn like those who have no hope. So, so everything is really different about our life, even in difficult times. Like Paul says in Romans 8, like he's talking about like they're like sheep to the slaughter. They're getting like persecuted, you know. And he says in all these things, you're more than conquerors. Like what? The world would be like, you're a victim, bro. Like, look at you. Like, it's not going well for you. And through all these things, we're more than conquerors. Why? Because through him who loved us. Yeah. So that means that my situation doesn't determine, it should not determine my internal environment. Yeah. So I should have, I should be thankful. And that allows me to see not only what God has done, which is testimony, but what he wants to do, which is prophecy. Mm-hmm. And the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Yep. So when you declare what God has done, you're creating space for God to move. So so for me, this, this whole idea of like testimony and prophecy and thankfulness and checking our bank account in, in, in the spirit and in the natural to see like, okay, let's have an actual assessment of who we are and where we are because if we're going to want to really move forward forward always starts with where i am not where i think i am not where i wish i was Mm -hmm. not where other people think i am but where i actually am yeah so in the in this illustration of checking your spiritual balance regardless of if you had a rough year or a really good year if you're with the lord you'll never be in the negative that balance always has something to account for Grace. Yep. God because, because you're not alone. Yeah. You know, you may, and, and when people say, I'm alone, I feel all alone, it's really dishonoring because Jesus is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. Mm-hmm. And when you have unbelief, unbelief really clogs your vision. It, it, it makes you deaf and blind and it doesn't allow you to see. Yeah, so that's another reality. that's another thing with thankfulness. Once you enter thankfulness, it actually clears away unbelief. It puts you back on the faith platform. Yeah, yeah. thankfulness is definitely a faith builder. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm thinking of there's so many things that we could do in terms of testimony. Mm-hmm. But John, in, in John, uh, in Revelation, in Revelation 1, you know, starts, John begins to tell people, I, John, this is verse 9, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos. For the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. So he was faithful with the word that God had spoken to him and revealed to him. And when you're faithful with the word, it produces a testimony. So John gets exiled because he's faithful. So just because you're faithful doesn't mean everything is going to always be easy. Mm -hmm. Historically, they tried to put him in oil and burn him to death twice. Didn't work out. So they sent him to the island of Patmos, which in those days was like a psych ward Mm -hmm. for crazy people. And so because he was faithful, he was in position to fulfill his life's work. Part of his life's work happened when he was in, a, in, an, in, in an isolated place. So, but for God, it's not isolation, it was separation. So the enemy tries to isolate people to assassinate them. But God separates people unto a purpose. Mm. So you see that in, in, in uh, Joseph, you see it in Daniel, you see it in the biblical narrative that God takes someone through a whole bunch of situations and he separates them, but unto a purpose. Yeah. And so now John is on the island of Patmos and he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he goes into this encounter with Jesus, this radical, life-altering encounter, and that becomes the last book of the Bible. Not the last book that was written. John was the last book that was written, but he could not have effectively, um, excuse me, he could not have effectively written the Gospel of John without revelation of Jesus Christ. That's why that one is very different. Than the very other. different. Yeah. Like totally, like you are encountering a man who not only walked with Jesus, who not only followed Jesus, who not only beheld the Lamb of God while he was taking away the sins of the world, you're also encountering a man who fell at his feet like a dead man. Mm-hmm. And someone who was caught up and saw unspeakable things Someone who, you know, you're, you're seeing, you're, 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 so the, the framework in which he writes the gospel of John does not happen outside of him walking in the word, obeying the word, which is what protects and brings forth and manifests the testimony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you get what I'm saying? This yep. is an important principle. You will not fulfill your life's work if you don't protect your testimony. Yeah. This is, I, I, he, he's not, he doesn't get to the island of Patmos outside of being faithful to the word and protecting the testimony. Yeah. We have to get a settle into us that the word of God is the most real thing out of anything. 
It's more real than our circumstance. It's more real than our pain. It's more real than our past. It's more real than what we think is true today. It's like, that's got to be the most realest thing in our hands. That's, that has to, it has to have that weight. Nothing, nothing could compromise the word of God. Yeah. The fear of the Lord is, is what makes what you just said real to you. Mm-hmm. The fear of the Lord. Yeah. So if I don't have reverence for the Lord, I will not respond to him correctly. Right. If you're not scared of someone, you don't, you're not, his words have no, have no yeah. weight. Yeah. I mean, like the only person that the Bible tells us we should fear is God. Mm-hmm. And he's like the last person anyone cares about fearing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, so that, that is something that I would just say, yes. Like, and now the testimony is really the evidence of God, the tangible and real evidence of God in your life. Yeah. So, so it's almost as if, let's check our spiritual bank account, and we want surplus mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Right? The same way you want to open your account and see money in checking, savings, investments, Always. whatever you got. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the goal. The goal, I mean, we start, let's just, for a second, we'll drop something free. In the beginning of our life, we, you know, we, we work for money. We work for the Lord, unto the Lord, but you work for a paycheck, mm-hmm. right? But the end goal of money is so that money eventually starts working for you, so you have to stop working. Yep. <laughs> That's the goal, right? Are we there yet? No, but at least we have a goal, you know? So this is the same thing with your faith when, when you're faithful, it opens doors for you to represent Jesus well, and it brings blessing into your life, and it brings things into your life that cannot be bought or sold. Hmm. And it also brings monetary blessing at times. But in this in this sense, with John, we saw it was bringing him uh, a temper, what Paul would call a temporary light affliction, but it positioned him to fulfill his life's work. Yeah. So at the end of the day, when we see Jesus's face, he's not going to be like, all right, like how many pairs of sneakers did you have, Adam? Okay, DK, how many kith hats did you have? He's going to say, like, were you faithful? Mm-hmm. Were, were we faithful? And that's a, that's a really like, that's not a joke. Like that's, that's yeah. not like, oh, did you come? Oh, I missed a Sunday. Like, no, no, no. We're talking about like with your life, like yeah. were you faithful? And, um, when we're faithful, what that tells other people is that God is trustworthy. Yeah, exactly. So people come into contact with the faithfulness of God when we decide to be faithful mm-hmm. and to be obedient. Yeah. So this is, I know this podcast seems so old school. It's like, yeah, you mean I got to believe the Bible? Yes. You mean I got to believe the word of God? Yes. You mean I got to do what God says? Yes. I know like maybe you wanted something lighter and sweeter, but this is the reality that faith plus obedience equals testimony. And the testimony is the thing the enemy hates because that is your evidence that God is real and that the enemy is a liar. Yeah. And this is the key to all that change you guys are wanting. Yes. This, this is the key. This yeah. is the key. Yeah. This is the key because this is the thing that leads to the fulfillment of your life's work, yeah. which is the thing that everyone is really after. 
but that counterfeits itself in our culture with wealth, with materialism, with lust, yeah, popularity. Popularity. Those are all counterfeits of what someone would feel when they fulfill their life's work. Yeah, yeah. The significance and the security and the joy and the pleasure of knowing that you're pleasing God and living in a way that is acceptable to Him, all those other things that people are after is a counterfeit mm -hmm. of the real thing and the real thing is faith plus obedience equals testimony and you fulfilling your life's work. Yep. Like when Paul was getting ready to die, he said, I finished the race. Yeah. Jesus is getting ready to die. He said, I finished the work in which you sent me to do. Mm -hmm. how, how in the world are we going to finish something? We don't even know if we've started it. Yeah. It's like, what the heck, you know? Are we there yet? Well, no, you actually haven't even pulled out of your driveway. Yeah. <laughs> it's and like, it's the one thing we could invest in today that has eternity. It's not temporary like everything else. This is permanent, a permanent investment. It is permanent. And to produce the testimony, you got to be full of the word. Yeah. There's no easy way around that. Like, you, you, you got to, building strength, you got to do the work. Yeah. You know, building wealth, you got to do the work. Mm -hmm. Losing weight, you got to do the work. Yep. Um, paying debt, you got to do the work. Yeah. So when we do the work, we're simply agreeing with the work that Jesus has already finished and completed, but now we're partnering with him in doing our part for the kingdom and we're seeking the kingdom first which is meaning that we're we're seeking the kingdom and his righteousness first mm -hmm. and we're positioning ourselves for him then to add to us and when he adds to us that too is part of the testimony yep yeah so if you're going to make one commitment for the new year commit to the word yeah commit to reading the word praying the word and taking seriously when God speaks to you, when God answers your prayer, and when God speaks to you prophetically, when you know it's verified Him. You know, once once it's been verified, yeah, that's important. Yeah. Cash that. Yeah. Deposit that. Yeah. Yeah. Cash that check. Yeah. Deposit that. Check your balance. And don't be afraid. Don't be like the fat guy who's scared to get on the scale. <laughs> like, it's okay. You know, the scale may may hurt your feelings, but if you don't step on the scale, you won't know. Yeah. And if you don't check your balance, you won't know. Yeah. And so we just encourage you, as you move forward, you know, into this new year that's coming up, let's end the year in faithfulness because you can only begin the next season how you ended the last season. That's why if you leave somewhere in chaos or you you know you you run from your problems, you cannot outrun your problems, you cannot outrun you. So you you have to really end this year of faithfulness with thankfulness and God will give you vision for the days to come. 
Adam Levecki here. On behalf of DK Kim and I, we want to thank you for listening to the Be Transformed podcast. If you have found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. Thanks again for listening to Be Transformed.